Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, I realize it's been a long time since we've been here. We're talking about three weeks to a month or so, I believe. Um, what we want to do in this one is just kind of explain the reason for the hiatus. Uh, we'll cover a few things, explain why we've been gone, explain why we've made some changes that we made early on to the podcast, and then we are going to move right back into... Uh, trying to distract ourselves from some of the outside things in the world, discuss some of our opinions on the return of the NBA and the return of the MLB. We're going to bring up uh, some specific guys from the NBA who could be coming back uh, healthy due to this delay. And then uh, we'll talk about some of the local minor league teams who we've seen be affected by this situation, including the Beloit Snappers and then just the MLB as a whole. So really, we get into a whole lot of it in this one. Um, I hope you guys enjoy episode four. It took us a long time to bring you guys this because of some of the delays we had, but without further delay, here it is. We are Those Effing Guys. guys welcome back after a uh, few weeks of hiatus and sort of not knowing what's going on we're finally back in the hot seat and a uh, little different this time because it's only two of us without duke being here but before we get into that and explain all that connor how are you doing during all this well i could say one thing i'm happy and healthy i don't know about the rest of everybody going out there i hope everyone is being safe and you know minding their social distancing and doing all the things you're supposed to be doing right now. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good, holding up there, hanging in. How are you doing, Trent? Well, you know, aside from a lot of the really shitty things going on, uh, yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, I'm healthy. Uh, I would love to complain about working a bunch of overtime lately, which is part of the reason why we've not had an episode in a while, but I I can't really complain because there's people who aren't working. So I'm just not allowed to be tired You're going to find anymore. some people that are probably going to be wanting to take your job at this rate. They're going to be emailing you for that. <laughs> yep. So so I'm definitely grateful for it. But, man, I've been super tired. It's been mandatory overtime every day for over the last month now. And, you know, recently lost a friend and just been dealing with all the pandemic bullshit and now the riots, which – a lot of people don't realize it, but I mean, Madison's not that far away from us, so it's a little weird to think about stuff like that happening, you know, what, 30 minutes away. Yeah, right now it's just we need to kind of have an understanding. If you kind of can't relate, it's n better not to talk. It's better to listen at this point and <laughs> yeah. to be, you know, understanding of the current situation at hand. Last, See, and I'm going to – this is going to put me on a rant here, though, like – 
I feel like every all these companies and shit are just making these statements like, oh, this is I here's my statement, like here's our statement, here's the NFL statement, and they're just all making the same statement. And it's like it's cool, you know. I get the message, but it's like. I don't know. It just pisses me off. They're all just saying the same thing at the end of the day. The th- it's all just a bunch of bullshit. Right now, yes, for them. But, you know, as soon as the riots and the chaos come knocking on their doorstep, they might not be agreeing with that. Right now, there's Well, a- that's why I haven't made a statement of my own, though. I Like you said, it's better to just listen for some people. For me, I'll just continue to make sports statements. I will stick to sports, and I'm not doing that because, like, Oh, I should. I'm doing that because I don't have the knowledge that is required to speak on a lot of those things. Right. So the only thing I want people to do is just to be safe, be smart, and if you can, make it peaceful. Because that's ultimately going to further your cause and get things the way that they should be. So if we can do that, then we'll make progress, which is the end goal for everybody. So with that, let's return to sports, hopefully. Yeah, let's let's absolutely jump right into sports. But before we actually even jump into sports, uh, let's just talk about, you know, it, there's a couple weeks here now. I guess we're going on like three weeks now. We had just recorded episode three and dropped that. And then we really hit some just like an interesting path because uh, we had just set up our next episode. We had planned what our next episode was going to be, and it was going to be a banger. I was absolutely ready to do that. Um, was still looking forward to it. Very disappointed that we never got to do it. But in the midst of setting that up and prior to recording it, you know, the guy who's not here, our good friend Duke, uh, basically got an opportunity that I mean, I can't be mad at him for passing it up. I, I don't think any of us can be really can really be upset. Say, that say he the truth, Trenton. He quarantined up. himself from the show. <laughs> he he, <laughs> he, he, got he definitely sick of, got his he, way out. He got sick of us more or less than anything. But no, I I thought he would have stuck around for that for the episode four. At oh, least that would have been his show. Episode. That literally would have been the Duke <laughs> Coughlin show, and we were all prepared for. <laughs> I I was absolutely ready for it, and I think I think it would have been a great episode. But you know. Like I said, he got an opportunity with uh, ONTAP Sports. They're a sports network out of Chicago. If you want to go check them out, go check them out. Duke honestly does a lot of work for him already over there. Um, but the reason that this kind of put us on such a hiatus is because this show was intended to be a little bit like um, First Take or Undisputed, in which Connor's known as a really opinionated guy, you know, whether you think that or not, you are. Uh, and Duke also is too. And the idea was mostly that I was going to like offer up these, you know, topics and just let Connor and Duke argue it out. And I was going to be the moderator, as we told you in episode one. But past that, uh, after we lose Duke, I mean, that changes the whole the whole spectrum of the show because, uh, well, obviously I can't just let you argue with somebody else now. And then, so now we're working with just us, which is fine. Uh, I'm me. I promise you guys that Connor and I, are you guys should see literally (laughs) the conversations we have on a daily basis. Me and Tretton, you you might not want to see them. I mean, well, you're going to probably be hearing them going forward at this point, but you know, with me and Tretton, we have a good dynamic. We always have a good flow. As far as we don't agree on everything, and you're going to find that out very most, soon. M- probably most things we don't agree on, but we find a way of, I mean, we still talk every day. Like, me and Connor have argued every day for, like, the last 
10 years of my life. That's even an underestimate. Jesus, we're old now. Yeah. Uh, we've argued every day for like the, a long time now. <laughs> and uh, we're still, you know, we still keep it going every day. So I don't think that that's a problem. Um, yeah, if you did see our see our direct messages, that's a very scary place. But <laughs> I promise you, we're, it's going to be just as opinionated. Uh, the, it's going to be the same show. Essentially, we just don't have the third person anymore, at least right now. If further down the road we get to a point where a third person that we feel could vibe, could fit in, maybe that happens. But for now, it's just two effing guys. And uh, I think we're going to be all right running it like that. We'll survive. We'll manage. Oh, God. I feel like that's what everybody's doing right now. Is saying we'll, we'll survive. <laughs> we're all in this together, as in me and you on this one right now. So Hey, tag team duo of the fucking century, all right? Tag but, team um, champions. The real... The real disappointing part about this is, uh, like I said, we had planned episode four to be recorded, and honestly, this was going to be an amazing episode because uh, during the time of this all happening, the and the MJ documentary was still being released. You know, the Last Dance was still being released. I think after like episode three and four came out, us three all got in a really big argument about some of the stuff that was happening in there, and uh, basically. The, you know, just to tell you how it would have been, uh, MJ Duke is essentially like he's a Chicago Bulls zealot. Fan. He's a Chicago <laughs> zealot. Anything Chicago, re- not Cubs yeah. related, but anything else Chicago related, he's got the everything you'd imagine from them. I mean, period. But on top of that, though, but on top of that, just like big MJ fan, MJ's the goat to him. Yes, fine, whatever. But like, I'm a big LeBron fan. And I'm a big, I'm big on LeBron's the best all-around basketball player of all time. Now, I believe, I'm firm in the belief that there are different goats because I don't like comparing different eras. And that's the beauty of that is uh, when you're the one who really likes to compare the different eras. No, no, here's the thing. this was going to set up a really good, really good episode. Here's the thing (laughs) on this is that. It goes down to the fact that there are, there's degrees to this. There's degrees to everything in life. Like Bill Russell, everyone will go and say, oh, well, he had all these great great players like Havlicek and all that. I'd be like, again, playing with a gym, teach, gym teachers and plumbers, I mean, it's easy to collect 11 rings also when there's four teams you have to beat in for the championship. I mean, and I'm not trying to degrade anything from Michael Jordan. But the 90s was different. It was very defensive-oriented basketball, which I would say, you know, is a little bit more tougher. But now I'd say we're more offensive-oriented that I don't know if he would be, the Bulls would be as good of a team in the current-day NBA. See, yeah, and I I think I'm kind of on that side too because, like, okay, sure, they had had hand-checking, you know, I'll give them that, and defense was more aggressive. But I think that's also in part because defenses weren't as athletic as they are these days, and aren't they weren't able to cover as much ground as they can. Defenses these days. don't have the and, length uh, of the Milwaukee Bucks, like literally. Yeah, exactly. No, nobody had that, and you're talking the length of the Milwaukee Bucks with the speed because we're not talking about a bunch of tall, you know, lanky guys who are uncoordinated. We're talking about tall guys who are the. All better athletes than those white guys you saw in the nineties. Yeah, when there was no three point line, everything was black and gray, <laughs> and they had like shorts pulled up to their like tits, practically. Like, dude, it was like, I don't know how you can even go back and watch those games. They wouldn't even be now, entertaining. Listen, I get the comfort of the short shorts, but all right. To, so to be fair to Duke here, 
I, I don't want to go in too much because, uh, you know, Duke's obviously not here to defend his guy. And I, I don't think that me and Connor are saying anything like, you know, Michael's not one of the greatest of all time. I That's didn't get there. That's definitely not yet. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I mean, I, I, will, I put him up there. You know, he's one of my goats. Like I said, I don't think – I think there's goats by era, not just, like, one goat, which uh, you brought up Bill Russell. I feel like it's unfair how people are like, oh, yeah, Bill Russell didn't have this this type of competition – but then somehow you can't say that about Michael Jordan. Like, are you really going to tell me that the people Michael Jordan's facing is different than the people that LeBron James has faced for the majority of his career? The, the, because I, it, it definitely is. The one that really has, like, the tough one you can never compare in the all-time lore is Wilt. It's because literally he was the only guy that was, like, seven foot whatever in the league. And... He just stood it by the hoop and went and, fu- and laid it in. That's all he did his whole entire career. And granted, worked out pretty well for him in, in a, on and off the court, I'll say that much. But bottom line. That's another thing, though. Um, you talk about the Bulls. Uh, you brought up, like, you know, would the Bulls really be that good today? I kind of feel like when you look at their offensive power and, the, the, you know, I'm not underestimating Rodman, Pippen, and Jordan. Don't get me wrong. Super team, 6-0, and I love it. But, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of Chicago Bulls teams in the league today that are like that. I mean, you're going to tell me that the Warriors with Steph, KD, and Clay aren't better than that? Well, the one thing— If Steph, KD, and Clay are together for that long, they could go 6 I, I You know, if you, they could go 6 For and your LeBron argument on the all-time discussion— Okay, LeBron went and has maybe one of the best finals victories of all time with the 3-1 comeback against the Warriors, which is already known to be a, a dynamic, an all, a all-time dynasty team. Michael never had to confront a team like that. The best team he ever played in the NBA Finals was the Utah Jazz, a very good Utah Jazz team with an MVP, and Carl Malone, Hall of Famer John Stockton. But the other teams they beat, a, a Supersonics team with Gary Payton, uh, the, the Trailblazers with... Clyde Drexler, and that was it. He doesn't play defense. Like, and Magic Johnson, what, what you know, court towards the tail end. Like, period. They didn't do as much as what people may want to harken back and look at. But they are, you know, the six and O team. So they can never have that take. How long? How long was it before? So Michael didn't go to Michael didn't win a finals until what his seventh season? Is that what it was? His sixth or seventh season? About like seventh that? season, eight ish. Yeah, it was. He had to lose about yeah. three or four times before he got there. There was yeah. There there was it. it they gave Michael time to grow. Um, LeBron didn't get that. LeBron came in immediately regarded as one of the top players in the league. And then, like, I understand three and six. I get it. You know, it's not great. But who the fuck else can say that they're three and six in the NBA Finals? Like, he went to, nine, what, nine straight finals? Is that what it is? Or was it eight straight and then they missed one? I don't remember. It's eight straight or nine straight. But that many finals in a row, no, there's hardly anybody else that can say that. And, yeah, he did lose six of them. I get it. But when you look at the teams he was playing against, like you said, there's te- these are teams that – no one had ever seen before, you know, the super, the super team, you know, arguing some Laker teams in my, in my opinion, the superstar big three first one really was probably Boston Celtics, uh, KG, um, you know, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Allen, uh, Paul Pierce, 
So you talk about them. That's probably the first three, and that happened. And like a lot of people get that mixed up too. That's another thing I hate when they no. say. Do you oh, want to know what's annoying the about the that big three? Team. They are so full of themselves. That big three thinks they're the greatest oh, so big three of all time. They have one yeah, ring, especially Paul. One ring, especially Paul. By the way, especially Paul. But that—that's what makes me mad about like, oh, LeBron formed the super team. No, LeBron didn't form a super team. Boston formed a super team. That's why they did all that. Oh, fine, but that whatever. Case. Really so then does swayed how team. basketball was kind of constructed. It was it, now yeah, more yeah. or less you have to pair up with other stars to make a team that is overpowering so that you can just walk yep. right to the championship. LeBron's had and, to confront that his whole exactly entire career. Point. Michael never yeah, had to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Is that that there were tons of super teams. What so Michael Michael had to face good teams, yes, but it was pretty much just like you knew who the one uh, the other good team was. You know, for a while it was the Pistons. You know, you said the Jazz. Like it it wasn't like in today's league where you look at it and the one team the Warriors, actually. the Bucks, the Celtics, the Lakers. There's so many good teams in the NBA, and I don't mean just good. I mean superstar teams. The one team in the '90s, it didn't because ha- it was the years Michael took off to play ba- baseball, that would have actually been a very interesting challenge for the Bulls. They won the championships those years. It was the Houston Rockets because they had Hakeem, they had Clyde Drexler. They had Kenny Smith. That was a really good team. That was a team that would have been almost a dynamic-like team to go up against the Chicago team. That would have been a litmus test, almost like what LeBron's had to go through. But he never got that because Jordan conveniently came back when they, you know, got old. Another thing that pisses me off is, like, some somehow people, like, uh, they give Michael the benefit because he decided to retire and go play baseball, they're like, well, if he didn't retire and go play baseball, he'd be 8-0 or whatever. And it's like, okay, I that's mean, it's projecting. cool that you just want to give him that. Projecting. But uh, so, yeah, exactly, it is projecting. But, I mean, what if LeBron retires for a year and goes and plays tight end for two years, and he's the best tight end in football? Because I guarantee you he wouldn't be playing fucking minor league somewhere else. Brown should he sign him. He wouldn't be going over and playing in the CFL or something. No, the Brown should sign him right now. Hands down. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if LeBron went, like, I don't know. You can't benefit Michael. Like, you can't say, oh, well, if he didn't retire, he would have had even more more finals appearances. I, you can't say that. And on top of that, he never had a finals appearance. Like, they, that's the other thing. They want to hate on LeBron for building the super team. It's like, dude, you clearly know nothing about LeBron. You look at the team, team from Cleveland that he took when he was young. Uh, and then it's like you can't benefit Michael because he decided to retire and go play baseball. You can't, you can't just say, oh yeah, he would have had more rings than that. That's not, if anything, that's his fault for doing that. The, so the one thing I'd say on the Le- LeBron thing that could really catapult him possibly past Michael, I don't know because of the lore, that's really tough. But if he wins a championship somehow with the Lakers, I don't know what this wonky season with it, you know, a four month off season in the in between, you know, your playoffs and your regular season. But even then, three championships with, uh, I mean, three different franchises you're winning a championship with, I mean, that's something that only so many players can even say, especially being the one leading the franchise to those championships. It's pretty, that'd be something that would be an accomplishment very few have ever done. Maybe Kawhi could do it, but I don't know if he plans on, well, actually, he would be the next one to do that, just thinking about it, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm willing to say that uh, Michael probably played. He definitely played in a more physical era of defense. But I'd like to add on that I think that you know you said uh, it was a, it was a defensive era of basketball, so that's what the focus was. Um, 
And on top of that, you just weren't seeing the athleticism and the shoot, the offensive skills that, that you're seeing today in the NBA. Because Michael would still be a great player in the NBA today, but there's there's a lot more Michaels out there today than there are than there were back then. And you know, I, I don't, I'm just saying if you put Kevin Durant on that team or LeBron James on that Bulls team, I think they both go six and zero. That that's basically how I feel about it. I think that there's a, a few guys in the league today who Kobe Bryant six and zero. I mean, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. But I think. A lot of guys could be placed into that spot and go six and zero. I make the same argument about um, Tom Brady, even though I do think Tom Brady does a really good job of making the right decision and being a winner. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks that you could put on that team who still get six rings and arguably even get more rings because uh, let's be honest, you lost to fucking Eli twice, bud. Well, how? <laughs> you you sound mad that just because Aaron Rodgers only has one ring? Okay, I had to get that um, in. I had yeah. to get that in. But yeah, so like, well, like I said, you put, I think you put Aaron on that team, he gets six rings. Uh, I think if you put Russell Wilson on that team, he gets six rings. Um, <laughs> he might that, be on that, that might be with it. all the rumors, he might be on that team soon. <laughs> Russell Wilson, I don't know what God, if Russell Wilson ends up on the Patriots, that would be the most 2020 sports move. For a second round pick, that would just be the (laughs) worst. For a second round pick, somehow, (laughs) man, that would just be the worst. I don't even want to think about that. But anyways, with that, um, we just wanted to tell you guys where we've been for the last few weeks. You know, I know we've all been going through the shit together, but really, why the show took a hit because uh, the loss of Duke. So we had to figure out how we were going to roll with things. Um, We wanted to talk about the MJ episode because. Really, that was planned to be like our biggest episode so far, and then we didn't really, we never got to see that come into fruition. Um, Other than that, though, uh, we are going to take a quick music break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss the return of the NBA season. So we're going to continue our NBA talk, but we're going to talk more about the the recent news that they're trying to return later in July, and then uh, we'll wrap it up with talking about the MLB and what's going on with their return. But with that, we will be right back. guys welcome back and with that it's time to move on to our next topic uh sort of in the same realm i guess we're sticking with the nba here but um there's been a lot of talks recently about the dates that the nba is aiming to return for uh adam silver's dropping his plans and um it seems kind of late because as we're recording this it's may 31st uh, it'll drop in you know first couple days of june um normally around this time we're already playing the finals or about to be playing the finals. The Bucks should be playing the finals. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing I certainly want to touch on. But 
Um, with that, you certainly pay a little bit more attention to the NBA than I do. Um, just tell me your thoughts on their plan to return so far, uh, whether you think it's a good idea or not, and uh, yeah, just just dive on in. Uh, they're playing basketball. They're playing basketball. In two months, folks. Apparently that's the idea with Adam Silver right now. Uh, in Disney World of all place, which is going to be opened up in about three weeks. So you'll be able to ride Space Mountain before they'll be even dribbling on the court. Which would be a very interesting little twist. Uh, their current idea for the postseason, because they don't want to go with a traditional format, they have brought up the idea of the 1 through 16, especially with it being in one spot. You could have all the teams being there and doing that. That would probably make more sense. But... They really now are bringing up the World Cup idea. And I know, Tretton, you probably don't watch much soccer, and you know how big I am in soccer. I love that football. Which... I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I'll be honest. When the World Cup comes on, I do watch the World Cup, but that's that's the extent of it. Well, I, I'm just going to say this much. I don't watch much soccer at all. Like I, I might actually, believe it or not, watch the women play because they seem to actually be, you know, good rather than, you know, our U.S. men. And you, men, get your shit together. You're not that good in the world right now. Unfortunately. What the fuck is that about, by the way? <laughs> but, yeah. World Cup, but anyways. <laughs> world Cup format kind of goes as they split every the postseason up into about five different groups, and you play your group in kind of a series-like format. You play each team, whether it's two or three times, and the best team out of that whole group, the best two or three teams out of that group advance into what would be an actual more traditional postseason format, and inevitably you'd get your champion that route. That's different. I would rather go with the traditional approach, but I don't know if Adam Silver is even entertaining that at this point. The, the weird thing about the whole th this whole situation They've taken four months in between the last time they played a game to when they're planning on playing their next game. That is essentially, in most sports, an entire offseason. So they've had an offseason in the middle of their season. Now they have to go finish their season. And while they want to finish their season, they have to go head-to-head -head now against other sports like college football and the NFL. So... Okay, yeah, so that, that, that brings up a couple points that I want to just straight up ask you about right now. Um, since you just brought up the NFL, uh, I think it's important uh, important to think about this. The NBA does not has never had to compete with the NFL for viewership, uh, you know, selling tickets, anything like that. I think the reason that, a big reason why the NBA thrives the way it does is because it's not on while football's on. And the way that they're looking at a return now, um, the Bucks record is what? 53 and 12. So they have 65 games left played. So if you're going to say they have to finish the season, which is what? Uh, 17 games. 17 games? They want to get to games? 70. Yeah, so they said 70 is at least what they'll okay, sell. Okay. Right? To get at least, okay, they want to make sure everyone comes back and gets like in shape-ish and doesn't get hurt yeah, playing for yeah, the postseason. I like that. But, I like that idea. And I'll also say like, to be, I mean, it, it depends. I can't, I can't say I know the standings enough, but I feel like seventy games is definitely. I mean, you're only twelve games away from the total finish, so it's really not that bad. But so with that, like, I mean, maybe they can deal with playing against. I, I'll be honest, you know, a majority of football games are played Sunday at noon. 
most basketball games aren't going to be on then. But they have to um, also worry about Monday night football. Then they have Thursday night right, football. Then they have Saturday college football. Yeah. They're only yeah. going to have so many nights they can really do this, and they're going to have well, an NBA co- Finals going on. College under. football, I don't know about yet. I don't know about college football. Yet, uh, most states are opening up for that. They're gonna, we're gonna have college. I don't know. If we'll have all the schools, but we'll. That's have. That's what I'm saying. I think there's gonna be a lot of schools who say like, we're not gonna participate. I really think that's gonna happen, and I think it's gonna make things kind of interesting. Um, there may even be some bigger schools that kind of surprise people by not participating. It really would not surprise me if that happened. Um, so then the other thing that you brought up is uh, this four month break and. I realize, which the four-month break is, uh, that's saying they return, what, July 31st or whatever that they said they wanted to return for, and that'd be four months. Okay, so four months then. Obviously, everybody's like, well, the players haven't practiced or played together in a while. You know, they need that. That's what people are worried about. I'm looking at other things, like, uh, and I realize this isn't a huge effect for this season, but think about, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are technically, right now, if you end the day, they're a seven seed. And they, if they come back and play do, and they get healthy KD. And Kyrie. Well, healthy KD and Kyrie, and all of a sudden, it, all of a sudden, the Nets get an NBA season that that wasn't possible two months ago. It wasn't possible four months ago at the time when they do come back. It's no longer the same season is what you're getting at. It's no longer the same season. Yes, and as long as, as, long as the Nets are in... As long as the Nets get in, I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm genuinely scared of a team. You're just saying this team gets to be in, and oh, by the way, now they have KD and Kyrie. I mean, with this whole situation, that's what I've been. I said it about two months ago when this whole thing started to pop off. That it's no longer going to be the same season. You're going to get players, you know, that'll be back healthy. Teams will be adjusting. It's just. Bottom line, I get the point. You don't, you played all these games this season. You don't want to just sit there and be like, okay, we didn't finish. We don't have a champion, yada, yada, yada. But I don't know, waiting two months, sending everyone to Disney World and doing it in a World Cup kind of style and then having to go up head-to-head with your NBA Finals in football season, I just don't know if it's, it's a good so, idea. So, yeah, that that's exactly kind of what I wonder is – they 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 want to make sure they get something out of the season because they have played a majority of it. You know they want to get they don't want it to be all for waste. <coughs> LeBron wants to get something time, out of the like, season. You want to rephrase it? I I can't blame LeBron for that. Like how we opened up the episode. I mean, boy oh boy, could you imagine what Michael Jordan fans would say if Michael Jordan missed out on an entire basketball season or an entire? I was gonna say he missed out on two playoffs. of those. <laughs> I know, I know, but that's exactly my point. Is there, like, imagine if he didn't retire and play baseball. Well, I'm sorry, but you could say, imagine if LeBron didn't have to have his season cut off right here. So, I mean, I I don't really want to get back into that. You already know I'm a a big LeBron fan. Uh, I don't need to do that anymore. Um, I guess the the real problem with it is, like, would you... Do you want to make, is it important to you to like, you know, we have to get something out of this season or would you, would you rather just get something out of it and essentially say like, you're always going to have an asterisk by this season, right? Uh, You look up the season, you look up, you know, NBA stats 
by 2020, most sites are going to put a little asterisk by it. I mean, that's just yeah. how I think it's going to be. What they could have did, point. and it would have made more sense with this current situation, is it's going to stiff some teams. And it, but life is unfair, as we found out this whole year at this point, that life is pretty unfair. That if you're the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference, you are ticketed for the first round and out, like, period. That's why I would try to, I mean, I'd like it to be the top four teams, which would be the Bucks, Clippers, Raptors, and um, Lakers. But uh, I don't know. Overall, they could have shortened it up, and that would have made gotten to the point with everything. There's just ways they could have did it that's a lot better, and this one just seems like they're dragging it out and really making it almost feel like a spectacle. And I just don't know if it just... I don't even know if it's going to really be that popular with fans. Fans are now clamoring, though, that they want the NBA season to start on Christmas regularly. And Trenton, do you watch NBA basketball on Christmas on a regular basis? Because I don't. I mean, I can't... I don't know. I think we definitely have it on the TV, but we're not. We're definitely not watching it. Like Espe- it's, Especially it's this playing, year. But... This year, they're t- they've scheduled a Minnesota Vikings versus New Orleans Saints... Um, game on Christmas Day. The NFL yep. is going to start um, scheduling games for Christmas going forward. The NBA has got to worry now more about the NFL than ever because the NFL is going to start crowding in on their turf. So I and that, you know that's the other thing is they go with you, so that that's the next question is like I know they say they want to start these seasons on Christmas now or around Christmas. That's like that's what the plan was the last couple of years anyways or what they said they wanted to eventually go to whatever. But when you think about that, so let's say they do start July 31st. And then you've got to play what five regular season games something like that yeah. to get everybody to 70. And not only that's that, going to take a week. It gives like um teams that are sitting on the fringe like a ninth seed. I hate to say it out loud, but they're trying to get Zion in the playoffs, folks. They really hope that the Pelicans could jump up and get that eighth seed. Then they can have LeBron versus Zion in the first. But yep, that actually wouldn't surprise that, me at all. They have, and, uh, and also if they went to the, that other um, format I said, the 1 through 16, guess who would have possibly matched up? Nets versus the Lakers if they play those five games. You could have had KD versus LeBron. Also with Kyrie going yep. up against LeBron. There's a lot Kyrie, of th- yeah. There's a lot of things that could go on in this way that people don't really see when they just look at the way that it's set up. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of it, I don't think people are thinking about the ways that it really will affect. I think a lot of people are thinking like, "Oh, we're just going to return to NBA and it's going to be the same that it was the day we stopped playing." And in in reality, it's going to be very very different. And so that's certainly something to think about. And then the, like we said the other thing is, how does this affect next season? Well, if, I mean, if we play, you know, I know there's plans, but if you imagine it being like a regular playoffs, certainly it won't be as many days in between games. They won't have that kind of time. But, I mean, shit, the NBA playoffs itself take, what, over a month? right? At least right around a month, and then you start the finals after that. So it takes, like, what, six to eight weeks, really, for the NBA playoffs to take its course? So if you're going to say you're not going to start the regular season again until July 31st, Let's say you start the playoffs a week after that, which would be that'd be super fast. But say you started a week after that. So August 6th, August 7th, you start the playoffs, okay? 
then I'll give you I'll give you a month to get the entirety of the playoffs and the finals in there. So four weeks, and that would again be they're targeting incredibly fast. September 11th to September 14th as the fi- wrap for, up date. Wrap up date for the yeah. Season. So you're gonna tell me these guys are gonna get done on September 14th, and then they're gonna have October November off. And start the next NBA season. Well, you got to throw December. in all these other things. They have to get in a draft lottery. They have to throw in the draft. They have to throw in free agency. Exactly. They have to throw so in off-season fuck training. Do they think they're going to be able to do that? It's it's just stupid. Recovery, all these things. These guys are used to having. So what? The finals end in June. The season normally starts. What like? October, about it, Halloween, like, about a week before Halloween. Yeah, I was going to say it's late October, right? So, I mean, you get July, August, September, and most of uh, October. That, well, you're talking about taking that all the way down to two months, even less than that, really, when you consider all the work that these guys have to do, all the decisions teams have to make. What about teams that are going to try and make a move at coach, at the coaching position? What about teams that wanted to make a big trade, uh, you know, guys that are dealing with contract situations. I just so don't see – They have, I don't know. That's a, that's a, they have to keep the current construct of things because also I think this is collectively, collectively bargained. You can't just move around dates and everything else the way things are set up. But I think that the best way they could approach this, if you're going to have this wonky season and it ends in mid-September or whenever – then you have to truncate next season too if you want to keep the status quo because otherwise things will never be how it should be in the NBA and things will kind of get all jumbled up. I think that if you go to the next season, shorten it to 64 games or how many, cut a month off the season. You're going. To, I think that would make sense, and then you can next year, what would be 2021 in the fall of that, start in October again and things will be back to normal. Like, we don't need to go well, the drastic route and change everything just because of this. Well, we pointed, I pointed out how I think, like, people aren't thinking about how this could benefit some teams. Um, obviously, like, getting a healthy in K- KD and Kyrie is an absurd benefit. I think the Bucks To be able to get out of this situation. I, uh, you no, know, Trenton, you want to... That's what I was about to bring up, though. A lot of people don't think about it, but Giannis was injured... When the season got cut short, when the, when the season went on hiatus, Giannis was dealing with a knee injury and he was out for like, he was going to be out for like two to three weeks. A lot of people weren't really thinking about that, but Giannis is also going to be healthy too. Um, and so there's maybe a lot of guys who are dealing with a lot of dings and nicks that they're going to be back healthy. And in a way it could benefit the Bucks too, but I'd more so want to talk about how I feel like the Bucks could be screwed over by this because... In a, in a way, I felt like this year we were seeing the Bucks team that we knew we like really needed to develop. Uh, Giannis finally has shooters, multiple shooters around him. I know we still need more, but Giannis has shooters around him. Um, came Chris Middleton, Cash, has basically, I wouldn't like to say he's proved a lot of the naysayers wrong, but I think he's, uh, I think he's sort of played well he's demar derozan who can shoot threes how's that for a compliment yes sure sure but i i think that we'll all we'll we'll all take his numbers this year oh Um, i i I love chris middleton now he's my favorite player yeah yeah so (laughs) i'm i'm happy with it i I don't i like like i said you know naysayers the contract whatever he needs to do it for more than one season to really prove us wrong but you know he, he was playing up 
playing up to it is all I'm going to say. And so really I felt like the Bucks really had a team. They're number 1 in the in the East. Um and everything just seemed like maybe this was the year that the Milwaukee Bucks could finally turn it around, could finally get the ring that we want them to win and you know really win an important championship because we need to be able to try and re-sign Giannis, right? Like, we need to be able to get him to come back, and we know that a championship is important to do that. Well, here's what I say on this, is that I think that the teams that will really strive when the season comes back and gets going are going to be the teams with veteran cohesion, with a lot of vets that have been there and, you know, can easily get back into the fold and don't have to worry about a lot. And I think the Bucks are that team. They don't have they're the oldest team in the league, practically, other than the Lakers. So at this point, when you have all these vets, I mean, they don't have a lot of guys who have won necessarily. They're not like champions, but they have guys with veteran you know, presence. They've been in the playoffs. This isn't going to be new. For sure. Mike Budenholzer, he's going to be able to get these guys working on the same page very quickly. He, every year, he, both years he's been here, he's did that. So I'm not really stressed about that. It, oh, I have no no doubt in Bud. No doubt. The about teams that. that are veteran that have vets, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, even the Raptors, those teams will be the teams when the season comes back on that will be there at the end because well they would be there at the end probably anyways, but they're the vets. They're the teams that have the players that have been there and done it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean I hate to say it, but I feel like you got to throw the nets in there because as much as we don't know about KD, KD is just an assassin. Okay, this man. is just when a he comes back. I mean, this is a random thing I thought of yesterday. But if you really want a good comparison to the Bulls, last year's Raptors. Do you know why? Could have Kawhi be Michael Jordan. Do you know who makes a good Scottie Pippen? Pascal Siakam. It's almost a perfect yeah. identical fit to how that team you know would be. Ain't nobody got thick daddy like Kyle Lowry though. So. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah, when you ha- have Kyle Lowry Sigums. with his like I don't Sigums. know thirty six percent three point percentage, but like I thought you were gonna say like thirty six inch waist. <laughs> fuck, probably <laughs> during the heat days it was probably about that. Like I'm not even joking. Oh, like man. He, he was plump. He was plump on the heat. Him and Dion Waiters. He <laughs> thickums, but um, you know with that. We talk about the NBA uh, and trying to return. I, with that, I'd like to turn to a different sport who's trying to return, which, you know, I feel like the MLB had the perfect opportunity to be one of the sports to bring things back to normal, uh, to be able to take advantage of this moment and really try and get some fans because we know the MLB is struggling with fans lately. Loss of interest in the game. I just feel like this is a really big opportunity for you know, the MLB to come to come together, realize they can change some things about the game, not the game itself, but fucking 162 games a year, days off in between, you know, the boring aspect of it. I really felt like they could change certain aspects of the game without damaging, you know, the integrity of it and also take advantage of this moment. Like, look at NASCAR, dude. People who would never watch NASCAR in their life are watching NASCAR because NASCAR's on right now. And on top of all that, it's like baseball should have baseball could easily be one of the sports to return because you, 
In, in reality, you need 18 guys to do it. You need, you need the team to do it. You're socially distanced you on the your field. coaching staff. <laughs> yes, you're literally socially. You can, you're playing in most parts on an outdoor field. Unless you have an effed up indoors, shift. It's Unless huge. it's the weirdest shift in the imaginable. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like... It's like you're all spread apart. You're outdoors for a majority of your games. Even if you're indoors, you're still in a huge fucking new building. Um, and on top of that, it's like, let me give you your coaches. I'll put your coaches in there and everything. You get the whole clubhouse. You get the whole bullpen. And there's, or not the whole, yeah, you get the bullpen, but, you know, fuck the bullpen. You get the whole clubhouse. You get the whole dugout. And if there's no fans, Use the seats. utilize the stands. Utilize the stands behind the dugouts. You can have your coaches up there. You can have extra players up there, people who maybe aren't really going to, you know, their chances of coming in the game are low. They can sit up there. They can stay back in the clubhouse, whatever. Baseball, baseball, it's perfect. It's literally the only thing that gets shared is like, oh, I throw this baseball and someone else might touch it. Well, the average life of a fucking baseball is like three pitches in the MLB because if that thing gets touched by my penis, they're throwing it out and saying they knew the new goddamn ball. Okay, maybe that was a little exaggeration. I was going to say a nice analogy. Too. But literally, like, literally, that ball touches the ground. Need a new baseball. That ball gets hit. Need a new baseball. So, I don't know. I have a hard time. It's like, it seems so greedy to me that the, they won't come back and play because of the money. It's like, my, when it really boils down to it, I'm like, everything seems perfect for baseball to have come back. Everything seems set up to where they could have taken advantage of this opportunity, and they're just pissing it away because they want, like, fully guaranteed contracts to play, what, half a fucking season? Well, here's what I'll say on this, is that, if you're going to play, and they have it currently set up as it's going to be an 80-game season, half games, a little under it, you should probably make about what you would say a half a season's worth of money for. Typically, if I was to go... Which is how I felt, too. And when you brought up the starting pitchers, I was like, okay, yeah, starting pitchers are not going to pitch that much this year. They, I can see that cut. But how is it that, like... Because when I looked at these prorated salaries, I was like, okay, it's half a season. Why is it – it's not just half – it's not like they got cut in half directly like that. Like, Christian Yelich was set to make, like, $35 million this year, and he would only make six under this. And I was like, how is that – how did we go from, like, if you cut it in half, you're talking, what, $17.5 million? And then I'll even give you the benefit of no crowds, so you're not, you're not getting money from food or tickets – I just don't see how that takes paying Christian Yelich all the way from seventeen million, which is half. He's playing half a season, all the way down to six million. With I really have a hard fucking time believing that, dude. With the money situation in baseball, it, what the owners did, it's like any deal. It's like if you're gonna make the first offer, you're gonna make the offer that's more favorable to you. That's typically how negotiations go. The owners, though, kind of did it in bad faith. They did it in a way that's like, okay, well, you're going to let us make the first, you know, olive branch. Well, our olive branch kind of st stinks. Here it is. You know, they kind of stiffed them. They said, well, if you're Mike Trout, you're literally going to make under what your half a season would be. And I know a lot of people would be like, well, just take the money, take the money. You know how many people aren't even working right now? Take the money. But it, for these guys, a lot of them might not make that money ever again. They're not going to get that opportunity. Yeah, I and I'd like to also point out that um, – 
I'm certainly not on the owner's side here. Uh, I had this discussion with somebody at work the other day. They were like, wouldn't you rather play and make some money than not play at all and make no money? And I was like, yeah, but like these owners are more than wealthy enough to pay their players to play a full season, even if they aren't playing a full Scott season. Scott Boris, who even the owners today would probably be super pissed about it because he told all of his clients it. It's like, well, I was just saying before, you guys should have been tight-lipped about, you know, the negotiations. Well, they have all these back, you know, logs of revenue from previous seasons. They could easily pay all your contracts and then some at this point. Baseball has a lot of Literally. money. Baseball is a sport that's, that's dying. My- it's yep. it's America's pastime, as in you will watch it if you're pa- doing something to pass the time if it's on TV. Pretty much, pretty, yeah. yeah. It's no longer America's number one sport, and it's not going to be ever again. Possibly, but but, but they are loaded with money, and they make it's it's hard for me to be like it's. I know I know we want baseball. I know you think like oh these guys should play and no matter what, but it's really hard for me to be like that because. In my opinion, the owners are really taking advantage of the situation. And by not having to pay these guys nearly, I mean, the owners, I don't think people understand how rich these owners are. The owners are and willingly people committing suicide on their minor league affiliations right yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, it is $400 just, just a month, a couple bucks. $400 a month for minor league, which is not like, shit really but like at the end of the day it is keeping your minor leagues you know alive it is keeping the organization there at least they're at this point saying we don't need this whatever single a affiliate in the middle of utah whatever and that sucks for those communities Uh, we live by one the blight snappers i hate to inform people if this continues the blight snappers will not exist they already have a field that's uh, they've obs- already they've been hit hard already because the oakland days have made more cuts than uh i think maybe even every other ML- mlb team the oakland A's had already made s- some major cuts mlb was uh, in pay already like willing to cut minor league baseball to i don't know what percentage it, there was going to be a lot of franchises that were just going to be gone so what they were going to do now, and Beloit was one of them, the snappers. And that I, I would like to point out that's actually not true, though. So I know that you heard that, but if there's, like, one reliable source I do have, uh, the Beloit snappers were not on the list of teams that were going to be cut. And a, par- a part of that was because of the new stadium. So, the, like, the new stadium so is th- still a thing. Did they get the stadium approved? I didn't know if that was ever the, even approved. The, sta- the, stadium, the stadium is approved. The new stadium is a thing, and on top of that, the Beloit Snappers, even though... So, like, I'm not going to name any names here because, okay, I'm a sports writer in Wisconsin, especially in south-central Wisconsin. There's a couple of us who are, like, tight-knit. We talk a lot. We work together. Um, There's a certain person who basically led to this whole thing, uh, led to the whole thing of, like, Beloit. Everybody in Beloit thought the Snappers were going to be gone. Uh, That... at least as of right now, like you said, if things keep going this way, yeah, that's probably going to happen. But at least as of right now, uh, they're still a team, and they're the, the biggest problem they're facing is that a bunch of guys are not being paid because the Oakland they're a part of the Oakland A's system. And the Oakland A's have made an incredible amount of cuts uh, to pay uh, around the board, really. But... Like I said, as of like like a couple months ago, when everyone was like, "What the heck? The Snappers just got the new stadium. How are they going to be let go?" Th- that wasn't true. But 
you know. I didn't like know you said, if they would ever going this get, way. It's going to be true. This, I knew that stadium was very hinging on whether that franchise would even exist around here. But that also just goes to show, like these franchises. I mean, they may not get huge gates. They don't draw. A lot of them don't draw huge crowds. But the crowds they do draw, they do love them. They do, you know, value them, and they are important to the community. So when you're now, the snappers are definitely valued around here for sure. And when you ta- sure. take these small little minor league teams, the small little hometown teams from these communities it, it's gonna hurt it hurts businesses it hurts the people there like and baseball is willingly co-signing it at this point and saying we don't need these teams we don't care if you don't have a baseball team here anymore and this is what i'm going to get on further affecting fandom if you're going to do that and show well we don't really care mu- that much about baseball here we'll just get rid of it okay well fans in that market might not care about baseball anymore if baseball doesn't yeah. come back this year whatsoever I'm just going to say this much. I'm not going to care as much about baseball at this point. It's the same thing. How many kids? It's the same thing that happened in 94. Think about is uh, how many kids do you think, especially in this area, just to like really hit home, how many kids around here do you think that their first game they go to is Beloit Snappers? Like their first like professional baseball game that they see is Beloit Snappers. I mean, it's like how many bucks a chicken? I mean, a chicken, a ticket. Exactly. A ticket, literally. Exactly, though. It's a lot. Buckets of chicken is what you're thinking of, and honestly, I'm thinking of that, too. But it's so so cheap to, like, go to these games, and it's a fun atmosphere. You get nine-inning game. You get to meet the players. You get to meet these players. You get souvenirs. The kids... The kids get foul balls so easily because the no adults are chasing after. It's them. one of the best the experiences in sports that you can have, yeah. going to these games and having just a blast, just sitting there having a mm-hmm. two dollar hot dog and watching the game. It's you know. And there's really special things you get to experience at those games, especially like as a kid. I remember, I remember going and seeing you know Prince Fielder playing on the Beloit Snappers when he was really young. And being able to watch, like, oh, yeah, this guy was awesome for the snappers and seeing him come into fruition as, like, one of the best first basemen the Brewers had ever seen, that was something I loved getting to see the whole way growing up. And, you know, knowing, like, this shit, dude, kids these days don't even know. But, yes, the snappers used to be part of the Brewers system. And, like, then they fell into the fucking twins. And when they were part of the Twins, people still went to the game, but it was amazing because every time the announcer came on and announced the Twins score, the whole fucking, everybody there would boo. (laughs) We'd boo (laughs) the whole thing because they were talking about the Twins, and we're obviously all Brewers fans, but whatever, so we're booing that. And, you know, it's just been, I don't know, they went into the A's. They've been with the A's for a while now. And now now it's in a really tough spot because, like, they got approved for the season, or they got approved for the stadium. The new stadium was being built, uh, and then it was well, they're gonna they're getting rid of the snappers. And then it was well, that's not true. But now we're faced with this whole pandemic situation, and really, uh, unfortunately, already thousands of minor leaguers, you know, their careers are, being are done. Cut. Their careers are done. They're, they may not yeah. get another yeah. chance. I mean, th- th- and it sucks for them overall. Mm-hmm. Like. Minor leagues are going. I don't know what they'll look like after this year. I don't know what ex, how many affiliates they'll be, but it's going to be completely changed. Baseball will be, and when it comes down to it, 
money is the driving force on this whole thing and i don't know what the resolution will be they have basically two days to decide on it or else i don't know if they'll get a season in unless they like jam it into like 30 days and it's like literally round robin one team elimination like single game elimination shit like i don't know but it comes down to this it will hurt fandom just like losing the minor league team the local minor league team in your town if you don't play baseball this year and it comes down to you couldn't get the simple things of finances, one side's being unreasonable or both sides being unreasonable, you're going to drive fans away. In a sport that's already having fans turn away in droves, you're willingly going to drive I don't know how many more away because you don't want to get a season going because you're going to be difficult one side or another. That'll happen. Like so I Next year will not have that much, you know huge interest in an MLB season right off the bat because it's like, well, last year would have been perfect for me, but you guys willingly... I got to tell you, I got to tell you, as a Brewer fan, I've lost a lot of interest in most fucking MLB seasons yeah, at this point. Yeah, but so. th- that's the thing. Is what, are you going to have more going into next season like this? No, you're going to have less. It's no, gonna, absolutely not. Yeah, you're right. It's going to hurt more. I'm going to learn to live without it. And this is what happened in 94 in, when they went on strike. A lot of fans turned away from the game because it's like, well, if you're going to do this, then we're not going to want to come back. And it'll happen here for different circumstances, but for the same thing of like, if you're going to be difficult and unreasonable, then your fans are not going to be receptive to it. You're going to drive them away and you're trying to keep them, but you're going to push them away. You're cutting off your nose to spite your face. I think, I think a lot of the people are saying like the players are being difficult and unreasonable. All I want, I'm sure, maybe the players are being difficult. I would just like to point out that... It's both sides. um, Yeah, it's both sides. Owners, commissioner, everybody's kind of being difficult in this situation. Uh, And to be honest, as much as we wanted to see baseball come back and get it right, they're fucking it up like we've watched them fuck up every other thing that we've seen in the past, you know, 20 years, essentially. If I'm going to give baseball fans any hope or anything going forward, there is a lot of money on the line. A lot of money on the line for the rest of the season, even getting 80 games. For every team, if they they don't get money from advertisers, from local TV networks, if you don't put on games. And that's really going to hurt those owners' wallets. So what might end up... I'm going to give... What might happen... What might end up happening is that this was just, you know, a giant game of chicken and the owners in the next day or two are going to cave big time and say, here, here's what you're demanding because we need to have these games like we they cannot lose out on a whole season and they cannot risk spurning their fan bases even more than what they may have already done, you know. There's money's going to decide this, but I think there's just too much to lose from them missing out. Well, if I'm if I'm if I'm a player, I think there's too much to lose by taking that pay cut. Uh, you never know when your baseball career could come to an end. You see how many guys have to get Tommy John surgery all the time. You know, you never know when that kind of shit is going to happen. But really, if I wanted to give MLB fans hope, um, I'd tell you guys that there's always time to become a full-fledged football fan, my brother. The more the merrier. Goodell's been very... We're going to get football no matter what, folks. It doesn't matter what going through the air, what's going on outside, period. We're going to have football, so... And, yep. And the fact that football is going to come back to try and save everybody when baseball could have came back and social distance while doing it and still managed to fuck it all up is kind of sad. But with that, we're rolling in on 56 minutes. 
just about the end time here. Um, we were really happy to be able to get back into the hot seat and record another episode for you guys. Uh, episode four was, like I said at the beginning, intentionally planned to be recorded and released like three weeks ago. Uh, and then some changes happened. We had to work our way through that. And then on top of that, we've just been dealing with personal life and shit outside of that. So we were finally able to sit down. But what Connor and I are going to do is we're going to figure out our schedule, set up a day a week where we'll be able to record for one hour and drop at least an episode a week. That should be the plan moving forward. Yep. You're stuck with us, people. Good luck getting rid of us. We're your new virus. So yeah. don't worry. We'll... We'll and, be spreading uh, our misinformation. There's no vaccine for this one. Oh, good. Yeah, there's good no luck. There's no vaccine for this one. Good luck. You but, might want to uh, wear a hazmat yeah, suit. With that, <laughs> hey, you might want to double up, double wrap that hazmat suit, buddy. And get an extra roll of toilet paper <laughs> while you're at it. Don't be silly and wrap your willy. But, uh, you know, with that, episode four, we're looking forward to bringing you many more. Uh, anyways, we are... Those effing guys.